there aren't any cool Swamp Thing toys. How about them apples? It's a Funko Pop. It's so cute. I was talking to my buddy at work. Um, he'll be really excited because he's been listening to the he's been listening to the uh, podcast. And we, he mentioned the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer, uh-huh. which uh, we can talk about today if we would like to. Of course. And uh, I started going off on my how much I hate cute things rant. <laughs> <laughs> And that and that and that baby Groot was just the just the Ewoks of Guardians of the Galaxy. No, <laughs> you uh, you heartless son of a bitch. Do you really hate baby Groot? But, but no, I don't hate baby Groot. But I just there was a moment. There was definitely a moment when I watched watching the trailer where I was like, oh, man, I don't want Ewoks in Guardians of the Galaxy too. And then, uh, but I think it's going to be totally. I think baby Groot's just going to be like a fuck shit upper. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Little and be like guy. as violent as yeah totally and i and i'm i'm okay with if it if it's actually like that i just don't yeah. like things that are marketed to kids to sell toys and if there's <laughs> if there's if 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 baby groot's like a fun character and you know charming and has a, you know more personality than uh than uh than a than a two hour long commercial i'm all i'm all for it uh-huh that's fair that's fair but he's still cute <sighs> He's so cute. Dogs are cute. Dogs are cute. That's about it. Dogs are adorable, there's, but there's so many other cute things like armadillos. Uh, armadillos are cute too. I don't think cats <laughs> are particularly cute. I love cats. Cats are cute. I don't like cats. Cats. <laughs> cats are cute as long as I'm not like in the same room as them. I like watching cat videos, but cats just they're they're sneezy to me. That's all they are. Oh, <laughs> they make me real sneezy. Um, dogs are sneezy to me. Yeah, really? Yeah. Huh. You know so, what else is sneezy? The Savage Land. The mics are hot. The hosts are hotter. Welcome back to the Savage Land. My name is Jason. Who else we got in the Savage Face Hole? The Savage Face Hole. <laughs> oh, that took a weird turn. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Matt and Jason Show, because uh, it's me. I'm Matt. It's yeah. just the Matt and Jason Show with special regular every week <laughs> guests whose name is. Uh, it's a secret. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I I I can't I can't move on until your names are both said. It just it's in the rules. I already said my name, Jason. Yeah, Matt. Matt. And <laughs> Matt. He's got Tourette's or something. Get real aggro about it, Matt. Uh, Jesus, I'm Rachel. Oh, there we go. Uh, today, uh, as you may know if you follow our Instagram, today we'll be talking about uh, Martian Manhunter by Rob Williams. Because we're trying to get back into the rhythm of, you know, actually having topics every once in a while. Crazy fucking thing. We're trying to get back into the rhythm of the night. <laughs> wow. But before we can get on topic, 
we gotta spray our ketchup all over everybody's face, neck, and chest. God, gross, dude. <laughs> wow. I don't want to do that. I don't either. I want to get back to the rhythm of the night. <laughs> Um, Will you sing that while you spray the No. <laughs> Do it, dude. It's 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 romantic. It's so mm-hmm. romantic. Yeah, it's I, I can't think of anything more romantic than that than that. Me either. <laughs> well shit, who wants Sounds to hot. who wants to uh catch the audience up? Um Oh no, because my mind just went weird places. Because now I'm like, is the ketchup, is the ketchup warm or is it cold? Because some people keep it in the fridge. Yeah, some people do it, keep it in the fridge, huh? <laughs> we keep it in the fridge. Yeah, so then you get cold ketchup I, all over you. I always kept it in the fridge growing up, but I guess I've never really kept ketchup around as an adult. Like, I'm trying to. Well, let's see. Last time I had ketchup, actually, like a bottle of ketchup on hand. I think I did keep it in the fridge, actually. Yeah, I think everybody does. Yeah, that's probably true. Except restaurants. Restaurants don't seem to. Why is that? I don't know. That's why I had this thought pop in my head. Yeah. What? Like, why? Why do? Why is it okay if a restaurant doesn't keep their ketchup cold? Like, what's the risk that we are taking if we don't? Well, I don't eat ketchup, so. Well, then why do you have it? I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Matt searched for a while for that. He let it build up. Okay. Wait, we have to we have to get the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why he was letting it build up. Okay, here it comes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. I know that for the listeners, they're hearing the whole thing, but I just want you to know that for me, since my audio from you guys is coming through like an iPad mic that has noise canceling, I'm hearing like tiny little snippets of that song. Uh, the great part is I, t- I faded in and faded out. It's going to sound real cool. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's going to be cool, you guys. I'm sure it's going to be really cool. <laughs> it's going to be the rhythm of the night, Jason. <laughs> Um, so, well, shit, let's, let's, you know, Matt, Matt, go ahead and catch us on up on what's been going on in your life. Oh, technically, I already told you to catch up, because then I was going to interrupt you with Rhythm of the Night, and then you started talking about ketchup, so I interrupted you with Rhythm of the Night anyway. <laughs> um. I don't have much ketchup. Eh, I don't have much ketchup either, so let's, the, uh, I'll, let me, I guess I'll just knock, I'll try to knock mine out real quick. Okay. I tried to, I tried to start, uh, Catalyst, a uh, Rogue One story. <laughs> I'm so sick and tired of all these Catalyst to Rogue One stories. Uh-huh. Um, that titular line guy, man, they really, they really <laughs> put him in there. I just keep jumping him in these books and movies. But I only, I literally only got like two minutes in, and then work just turned into a goddamn shit so shit shit show. So, <laughs> so there's my fun catch up on that. Um, swiftly cruising along here. Uh, just for for those who don't know, Catalyst is the uh, prequel novel to Rogue One, which is a prequel to A New Hope. Which is a prequel to the, the Empire Strikes Back, which is a prequel to Return of the Jedi, which is a prequel to The Force Awakens. Which is a pre-prequel to The Force Awakens. Because uh-huh. it's, it's, not, it's not a prequel because it came before The Force Awakens, so it's a pre-prequel because the movie was released before The Force Awakens. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, You're welcome. I've I've been reading uh, Hawkeye a little bit here and there. 
All that Still. Matt Fraction life. It's so good. It's so great. It is. And it's so it's beautifully freaking good. designed. <laughs> um, shout out. You know what? Yeah. Everyone gives credit to Matt Fraction and David Aha, but let's let's give a shout out to Matt Hollingsworth for beautifully coloring that book. Oh, yeah. The coloring's gorgeous. I mean, well, what I really like about that book is there's uh, that he has he has he specifically chooses different artists for different areas of the world. Yeah, because they've got Annie uh, Wu on there uh, for like a lot of the Kate Bishop stuff as well, and Marcos. Martin. Yeah, and then there's yeah, there's that other guy who does all the kind of like more goofy comicy stuff. What he that is like the Christmas episode. And oh Christmas yeah, issue. yeah. I love I loved that. By the way, a lot of people hated that little Christmas episode thing, but I freaking loved it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. They good. They hated it. Yeah, I heard a lot of. I remember when it came out, it oh. was like on on like Reddit and a lot of the internet places. People were like, "Ah, oh, stupid piece of." Bleh, bleh. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, they did a lot yeah. of. Wheel. They did a lot of like really bold, creative stuff with that series. Uh, yeah. I fell. <laughs> I f- I fell asleep watching Neighbors Two. That happened. <laughs> over, over the week. How how was Neighbors Two? <laughs> I never I watched I fell it. Sleep. I got about four minutes in and fell asleep, so I four couldn't minutes. tell you. Oh, <laughs> wow. I know. I'm on, I got a theme here. Which nice. Is start trying to do something and fall asleep or get distracted. Um, shit, what else did I do? I did watch all the Planet Earths. I caught up on Planet Earth 2. Pretty good? Uh, yeah. What was, in, the, uh, what was the highlight of it for you? Uh, they had a desert episode, which had some cool desert lions who were doing some desert lion hunting. On some desert giraffes and some desert ibex. That must look weird when a lion takes down a giraffe. Well, spoiler alert, it didn't take it down, but it oh. really tried, and it was <sighs> fucking awesome. Did it look like when a no, really thank like you. <clears throat> did it look like when a really small girl is like trying to tackle a large man? It was like this giraffe like doing that weird sexy giraffe run, like super <laughs> fast. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You saw that. You've guys, you guys you you guys out there know that Jamie Foxx stand up where he does the sexy giraffe oh. run. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, I do. Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, he, uh, he's, he's this giraffe's booking it full speed, and this Pride Alliance is chasing it. But uh, one, they, they like send out scouts ahead to ambush, and this thing just, just lion comes out kind of out of nowhere and jumps up and like full on smacks right into the giraffe's chest to like kind of like impale it around its neck and bite its neck and uh-huh. gets knocked knocked to the ground and trampled. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It got back up, though. It was all right. It was pretty brutal. Its pride pretty, was pretty hurt, bru- though. <laughs> uh, but it was nice. They they uh, they gave Utah some love. They gave uh, one of my favorite places on Earth, Goblin Valley, a good a good long couple shots. Oh, they're cool. showing all them all them goblins down there. Mm-hmm. That's I love great. Goblin Valley. Yeah, it was really cool. A lot of goblins. Uh, so many goblins. All the valleys, too. Uh, just one valley. It's made out of goblins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of the bones of goblins. <laughs> yep. You could even see the Goblin King. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm definitely going. Uh, <laughs> um, let's Dude, see. I did, I did something else. What What you got? Hit I was, I was just going to say, speaking of, uh, speaking of um, giraffes, you ever? I, I'm sure Matt has, but Rachel, have you ever seen giraffes fight each other? Not that I can think of, but I can imagine it? them like trying to hit their heads. Yup. It's like they're. It's not really their heads, though. It's their necks. <laughs> yeah. They're like they're like they're like sword fighting with their necks. <laughs> it, 
and it's then they do that when they're when the when the when the bulls are uh fighting for uh dominance to be able to you know mate with the females i was just gonna ask if that was the case of course it absolutely is it's always about mating um yep it's always about mating <laughs> always about mating with this guy uh no, like, but it's it's weird because it's like simultaneously one of the most disturbing and hilarious things at the, in the fucking world. Like they look so ridiculous, but they're so vicious, you know? Yeah, I mean, they really they look like here. I'm showing Rachel a picture right now. They they kind of look like this a lot. Yeah, they just oh. swing. They, they like swing their sta- heads. Around. They stand next to each other and like swing oh. sideways. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty violent. It's, it's really brutal. violent. Yeah. But um, they get real hilarious. torn up. They do because they have those little ho- they have those little horns on the top of their head. Yeah, yeah. This, the Jason. This doesn't sound hilarious. It look. It doesn't sound hilarious until you watch it happening. It's again. It does yeah. look a little. No. It, it looks a little goofy, and then they get real bloody, and then it's kind of like, oh, that doesn't look. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how I'm thinking. Is yeah. like, okay, it's, this isn't funny. It starts out really funny, and then yeah, once they get into it and get real bloody, then it's like, oh man, this is this is unsettling. Yep, unsettling is the right word for it. Yeah, or maybe I'm uh, a sociopath, Rachel. I don't know. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, I'm I just don't a know guy. <laughs> just doing my best uh, in this world. Do better. <laughs> what else you got, Matthew? Got. Yeah. Nah, not really anything else. I mean, I didn't do a lot of uh, uh, geek-related things. Should we, you want you want me to talk about? You want me to be an internet grump, or should I save that for my PSA at the end of the show? Um, <laughs> let's go. Go ahead and go ahead and tell the people. It's you know that's that's catch up worthy. What's what's going on with your your internet life, Matt? Uh, I've, I've I'm bailing. Fuck the internet. It's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, the internet's fine. I don't have a problem with the internet. Um, well, I, what I don't that's overstating what I, what it. I don't. No, I don't. I mean, it's like, you know, the internet is a tool and you use it as you so choose, right? And we all have that option and we can all be smart about it or idiots about it and I'll judge you for it. But uh, <laughs> um, it's more of the social media thing. It's like, it seems like that it is. it has become sort of a, a giant wasteland of advertisements. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, what, why, what am I, why am I, why am I, why do I have this thing on my phone that, that constantly draws me in to then just look at advertisements? Um, it's a fair point. So I was getting, I was getting frustrated with Facebook. So I sort of took the whole tact of like, well, if I unfollow a whole bunch of stuff, I don't want to watch. And let's see if I can whittle my Facebook feed down to just things, my people I know, friends and family and, um, you know, people I care about. Or or I'm curious about see what they're they are actually posting, and I noticed two things. One, most people don't post that much, right? Like you guys post yeah. a, a, not a lot, but like a, a reasonable amount. I um, post a, a lot. Couple of different. I'm, I'm I'm willing to say I post a lot. I don't think I wouldn't say it because I well because there were other people that were hidden that post way more than than that, than you do. Oh wow. Um. But uh, the other thing I noticed was. My entire feed just became Brandon commented on Linda's post, and then it would show Linda's post, and I don't know who Linda is, nor do I care what Brandon said about what or who Linda, you know, Linda's post, or it would be like Franklin liked Betty's post, you know, and that's it. You're friends and then with I'd the see turtle. Betty's post. What? Franklin? Never mind. That's a joke. That's younger, what? younger than your time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. There was a, there was anyway, a show so yeah. called Franklin when I was a kid. It was about a turtle. Anyway. I like turtles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. But no, I mean that was really it. So your, your Facebook feed is really just Facebook. Facebook is like, you know what? Since since you unfollowed everybody, what we're gonna do is show you what everybody else is doing on Facebook without you. And I was like, okay, this is almost worse than advertising because it's it, it, it's 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 like I went to a restaurant to listen to other people's conversations. I do that all the time. And, I'm just kidding. But I mean, but it's even lamer because it's on. You're reading it. I don't know. It just was so dumb. No, I agree. Anyway, so, so, oh. I, so I deleted deleted it off my phone. No more Facebook on my phone. No more Twitter on my phone. Uh, I'm not going to delete my account, but since it won't have access to it, I mean, I, obviously I could just re-download it, but honestly, that's more trouble than it's worth. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, it's just because it won't be, I don't know. I'm just, I don't want it. I don't want it anymore. Jenica bailed on it too. We want to have real, real interactions with real people. And like, you know, Call people, talk to people, hang out with people, and if you and and, and no judgments, man. If you like, if if, if I just want people to know, I'm not I don't, I'm not hating on anyone else who thinks Facebook's a good tool and uses it effectively. It's just I found I found that with the infrequency of anything happening on Facebook that was that directly related to me was nil. It was just why? What am I doing on here? What, yeah. What, do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to say like, oh, pity me, I don't have any friends because I have friends and I like all my <laughs> friends, but you know, yeah. I mean, I could, I could, I could honestly say in the past two weeks, I think I can I name all my friends, person. guys. I could name like seven. I have friends. Friends, <laughs> like, uh, here uh, in my life. No, but I don't know. So anyway, I don't, I don't know. So I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. I don't want that. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want a thing in my pocket that's a constant distraction that uh, that that literally serves no purpose other than to get me to look at advertisements for shit yeah. that I don't need. You know, it's yeah. dumb. I. Two things to say. And to if that. I want to, oh, go ahead. Well, well, you're fine. No, I mean, yeah. And if I want to, like, if I want to, like, you know, what's happening in the movie world right now? I'll just go to a movie website, right? Like I used to back in the day before social media, where it's like, oh, I want to see yeah. what's going on with the new Star Wars. What's with the new Star Wars movie? I'm going to go to uh, I like Star Wars movies. dot com. They're really the best. dot com <laughs> or Reddit. dot com slash r slash Star Wars. Totally, whatever it is, or, or reddit.com slash new movies, and I can look that up and see what new is playing. You know, I, I have the option to find stuff if I want it to. I've always had that option, but, but you're not bombarded sort of with all into, the shit you don't want. Right. I can I can pick and choose when and, and if I want anything. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you know, just I mean, I mean, you know, we're so we're so it's so ubiquitous in, in how we function. And like, I, I just caught myself today after deleting it when went to lunch. Um, and I was just like, I hit a stop sign. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can, I'm at a stop sign. I'll look at my phone. Then I pick up my phone. I'm like, wait, I don't have anything on here to look at right now. So I just put my phone back down and just like turn the music up and stare out the window. And I was like, you know what? I remember doing this all the time before social media. And I like this much better. Yeah. L- much less distracting. I'm much more focused on, you know, m- music in particular. I've been, l- been listening to a lot of music lately, which that's something we can talk I, about. Yeah, we'll get I actually, to that in a sec. <clears throat> I we'll have get, that we'll in my catch up. We'll okay. But what were you gonna say? I, I was on a so, rant. Oh no, you're fine. I, I actually I really enjoyed that. Um, and I know Rachel probably has stuff to say about it too. Um, first thing though that I, like as you were talking about it, something that came to my mind is that uh, those themes that you're talking about, those ideas, uh, are the entire core of what the comic book Tokyo Ghost is about by your boy Rick Remender and mine and Rachel's boy Sean Gordon Murphy. 
Yeah, I so, would like to read that. It's also it's also it's also from that uh, that Black Mirror episode with the uh, when everybody's rating everybody all the time and everybody's always yeah. constantly oh, like checking. Yeah. Che- yeah, same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. You should you should read Tokyo Ghost. You'd really enjoy it, especially like it is it is oh, very man. similar to that shit that you're talking about. I I've wanted to. There's just so many things, which how I fell after Matt had an earlier rant in our chat about social medias if i <laughs> yeah. if i didn't have yep. this constant distraction i probably could actually you know read more books and comics mm-hmm. and just distract myself with that which would be better for my mind anyways and well, that, that's how i was feeling when yeah. you were talking about uh, it that's the first thing i've noticed is how many times have i stopped myself in the past i mean shit man i, I deleted it a couple hours ago, you know, it wasn't like two weeks ago. It was like hours, and how the amount of times that I've caught myself like reaching over to my phone to see what's going on, or you know, see if anyone's messaged me or whatever, it's just ridiculous. How much yeah. mental space I'm taking up unwittingly, being attached to maybe there's a message on my phone that I should look at. Yeah, yeah. Versus. Oh, my phone buzzed because somebody actually sent me a message directly to me with my phone number. Yeah. I will go look at that. Yeah, not like somebody posted on this one page that you're, yeah. Yeah, or like, right, or like, uh, you got invited to General Cheese's Farm Factory tour. (laughs) Ooh, I want to go there. Yeah, I've heard General (laughs) Cheese is quite the fucking guy. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't know who General Cheese is. I was, uh, you know, maybe maybe we friended each other like... Six years ago, and I forgot who it is at this point. <laughs> and I just got a mass invite, dude. All I'm saying is, there's you're nothing, lucky to be among General Cheese's friends. Well, it's an yeah, exclusive exactly. list. I'll, We're not. I'll take. I'll take that one. I'll take. That, I'll take that for sure. <laughs> I mean, he is the only person I follow these days anymore. <laughs> but I also so that's so that's the other thing I did. I turned notifications off for everything on my phone except for texts. Oh, that's cool. So. So my phone, nothing will buzz on my phone unless it's an actual text from an actual person. So I expect it to be pretty quiet for a long time. I do. <laughs> not not looking for sympathy. It's real. I just, you know. But that's a, there's the other side of it too. Facebook made me a lazy friend because I was like, oh, I already get to see my what my friends are doing, so I don't have to call anybody or do anything with anybody. Yeah, I don't have to call and be like, hey, what's what's going on? What's, what's new what's in new? your life? Because I am curious. Yeah. No, I'll just look at Facebook. Be like, oh, cool, you did that over the weekend. Bet that was fun for you. In yeah. my own head and not actually connect with anybody. Yeah, I do the same thing. I'm not very good at commenting on things. Oh, yeah. and I never and comment I'm, and I'm at just, all. I'm just like, oh, that's cool. And then yeah. I'll just keep going. Totally. <laughs> no, I really, and I, and I, you know, and I, I think face, I think it, the social media concept is fine. I don't have a huge problem with it, but it doesn't seem like it's working for me. And I think the most powerful tool anyone can use in life to kind of like, say, hey, I don't like that, is to just don't use it, right? I mean, the, the reason Facebook is the way it is is because everyone says, okay, we'll use Facebook the way it is. Yeah. And if everybody said, if everybody was like, okay, can you can you make this so it doesn't suck and stop using it, they'd change it. Yeah. That's, but, I mean, that's how, yeah, that's how capitalism works. Like, if, if a company like Facebook sees that their their user base is going down significantly, then, then yeah, they have to change something. Which it absolutely is not at all. It's no. almost doubled in the past year, so it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's That's not, not going to happen, but... <laughs> but in general, I mean, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, we just barely saw with the, you know, with the Dakota Pipeline, you know, there <laughs> enough people said, hey, uh, we're not cool with this, and finally, after enough, you know, pepper spray and, and violence on behalf of capitalism, uh, they 
you know, I actually have to change shit. So it's, it's, you know, it's, I mean, in any walk of life, especially in any, uh, you know, capitalism related walk of life, enough people, you know, refusing to, to patronize that are going to change it. So, right. Um, right. Well, and I mean, and that's, well, that's a good example too. Cause the whole, the whole pipeline thing, um, was Facebook driven. Yeah. Which is like, yeah, that is a, a a use of Facebook that I thought was very positive, and it actually had a, a, a huge, a, a literal effect. It it it, it accomplished its goal because yeah. of it was everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and that's the thing and is it's so, all a double edged sword. Totally, and I just I mean it's you know you get you know the, you know you get some that works out real well, and then yeah, well for every a for lot, every a lot a lot a lot yeah like for every bit of good that's done in social media there's another you know heap of bad that's done by you know or harm or toxicity that's done by it and so it is kind of those sort of you know uh, that needle in the haystack you know is is the one good thing that happens in a sort of chaotic wasteland of of just toxic behavior and and horrible people yeah um but no i actually yeah it's kind of uh uh parrot some of those things you were saying i lately have been uh you know like i think just the combination of like election season and all this like i don't know this fucking craziness and and lately i've been like so stretched for time that i've been trying to like optimize things as much as i can because i still want to be you know as i've talked about before i'm like i don't have time to watch this or read this or whatever um Mm -hmm. and so i've i've been trying to to like optimize my time that way and so what i what i have been doing lately is is kind of what you're talking about just like i haven't you know deleted any accounts or anything but i'll just you know put my phone on silent or put it on airplane mode or like turn it off entirely and sit in a fucking room or a coffee shop or wherever and like just write or you know read every once in a while watch something um yeah and it's relieving i mean just a a, what was it three days ago on saturday you know like i i fucking in the space of like an hour or two, I like filled up like six pages with all these like new ideas and shit that I'm like super excited about. Um, and it, you know, and like stuff like that, it's not possible with this constant sort of pinging that like interrupts your, your workflow, it interrupts your thought process and like kind of, you know, invades, uh, that sort of, you know, that, that natural cohesion in your mind. Um, because yeah, it is, it is just like a big distraction that's, that's unneeded. And sometimes, yeah, it does like introduce new thoughts and stuff to you, introduce new ideas or whatever that, that you see. But at the same time, anytime you are sort of working on some form of momentum or, or intellectual, like, uh, uh, you know, lightning storm, it, it will immediately halt all of that energy, you know, at, at a moment's notice with one little thing that gets you off on you know, some other thought or, or gets you, you know, like feeling really sad or some visceral reaction to some clickbaity bullshit picture that somebody posts, you know? No, no, that's, I mean, that, 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 that's exactly it. It, It's this constant distraction from any sort of focus, any sort of, uh, I mean, yeah, exactly what you're saying, getting into the zone and then being pulled out of it by, honestly, that was it today. was a big part of it for me today was an article came up that was, uh, from that uh, web news face news group on Facebook, the I fucking love science guys. Oh yeah, which yeah. I really they like they have interesting articles, but they're all their titles are clickbait. And it was the, yeah. and, and it was like and I thought yeah. we were past this at this point, but it was like you'll the the, the caption was you'll never believe what they found in this snake. It'll uh, blow your mind. And I was like, 
and then I started reading the comments, and every comment was like, "You guys, it's 2016. You need to stop this." Like, yeah, you are you are better than this, and they, and they used to be. Know, that's the every. That's the yeah, f- they used to be. They used to be interesting, and now they're just they really devolved into just garbage. And I, that was a big kind of impetus for me. Was like, okay, wait a minute. I hate this. Yeah, I hate clickbait. I hate everything. <laughs> and then there was like a then there was like a a list like a like a top thirty list, you know. Uh-huh. And I was like, and it was like top thirty sci-fi movies you maybe you've never seen. And I was like, oh, cool. I you know sometimes I look at those lists and, and it's I like see alien one or two movies I haven't seen. Blade Runner. No, but it's but it's not even that. It's 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 you pull up the web page and it's one picture oh, and you have to keep yeah. click yeah clickbait. Yeah. You have Getting to keep clicking money. over and over and over. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what am I do? I am literally paying. I'm literally putting money in the pocket of somebody else so I can click through their list that I could go to IMDb myself and look up somebody else, a user generated science fiction film list. Yeah, that's just nobody's as valid. Getting, I mean, IMDb gets IMDb gets like the one click for. Yeah, but it's just as valid. Exactly. So, no. Or when I click on something and then an ad pops up and fills the screen. Nope. I'm out. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna close yeah, that. Yeah, that that shit bugs the fuck out of me when I'm like trying to read an article and then suddenly you like you can't scroll anymore and you're trying to scroll and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And then you go, oh wait a minute, there's an ad about to pop up and take over the whole fucking screen. Yep, that happens to me all the time, and then it's just like, fuck this. <sighs> no, seriously. So I, you know, it's like I don't care anymore. I don't <laughs> care about your article. No, and I and I recognize that that makes me sound super old and curmudgeonly and like. Uh, me 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 but i don't know man we just there's 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 more things in the world than uh the internet yeah i agree you know and now and honestly now i'm like I, as soon as i did that i was like you know i don't have i don't even have to worry about star wars spoilers because there's nothing yeah. that i'm gonna see them on yeah and that's that's <laughs> all. Yeah. that's actually it was funny like that you that you said that because like just a couple of hours uh before you said you were dropping all your social media accounts i i posted on facebook like i might actually take a break so that i can avoid any fucking westworld spoilers until i catch up oh yeah that was another issue that i had because i planned to watch it at work because we had a slow day and then like all my friends were posting about westworld and i'm just like i just want to delete this and take a break for just at least the rest of this month to not have that spoiled or star wars yeah and it's like, and, and some of those, like, articles and stuff, like, I want to read, you know, like, AV Club, usually when they post, you know, an article about any show or movie or album or whatever the fuck it is, like, I, I enjoy reading that stuff, but oftentimes their titles, as much as they try not to, their titles do kind of give things away um, yeah, on their exactly. articles. And I just, I, ugh. No, just not interested at all. Yeah. But, no. um, anyway, that's, uh. That's a good. That's a good yeah, chunk of the chunk of the catch up. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, Any media. anything you want to end that uh, that rant with, Matt? Before we uh, uh, move on to uh, the other catch ups and then into the review. Yeah, if 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 social media works for you and you are genuinely get something out of it, then that is excellent and great, and I don't think you should change anything at all. Yeah, and if you find your if you find yourself feeling like there might be more to life or if you find yourself feeling like you're having a hard time focusing on you know the world around you consider giving social media a break it won't it won't end your universe you don't have to delete anything like it well i mean i yes i deleted the apps off my phone uh 
but I can still access it. Yeah, it's all it's still like there. I can't, it's, it's all still there. It's never going and it's not going anywhere. I just can choose when I want to access it. And uh, I mean, because come on, as much as control as we all want to say, like, oh, I'm really good at managing it. It's in your pocket, man. It's, yeah. you're, you're looking at it all the time. No, it's we're all like, we're you, all pretty you, addicted to it. Yeah. You op- you look at your phone to see what time it is, and then you happen to have notifications, and you read those. I mean, it's just and ever, then you forget to check the time. Totally. <laughs> that happens exactly. to me. Yeah. No. So. And I like I have a friend who's vehemently refused to get a smartphone. Like he's you know he's in his twenties or whatever, and he just uses a flip phone. And and honestly, he's one of the most productive people I know. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm considering it. I, there's, there's things I like my smartphone for, which I'll probably, same. Con- which I like, I really like the ax- the, 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 the access to music yep. yes. that I have, that I have on it. Uh, and that's pretty important to me. So I'll probably, I'd probably keep it on just spe- if, if there was one thing that would keep me on a start- smartphone, it would absolutely be music. Yeah. No podcasts and music are, and, uh, yeah, and right, audio like YouTube, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That shit like is enough to, to ensure that I never give up a smartphone. Um, but if, if, if they made a flip phone that still had access to, uh, you know, uh, like a, you know, Apple music or Spotify or whatever yeah. that we all use that we all use now. And that was able to then also take, uh, podcasts like I, and audiobooks and stuff. I would, I would, ap- I would happily flip over to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, uh, just as a, a quick, like, uh, sort of addendum to that or, or to kind of play devil's advocate, I personally, I love social media. Like, obviously, you know, I post on there a lot and and there's a lot of like things that I'm exposed to only because of social media. Like I, you know, for instance, uh, the new Childish Gambino album, which I'll talk about. uh, I, you know, I only knew that that came out because of, you know, social media. Like I, you know, I'm a big Gambino fan or whatever, but I didn't know that a new album was coming out. Um, And there's a lot of things, you know, I'll research certain things that I see on there and stuff. I think that it's just... You know, I mean, first of all, it's dangerous to deal in absolutes. You know, for somebody to suggest that social media is bad for all people or that it's good for all people is is absolutely asinine. I think it's, you know, you have to be, like you said, you know, you have to be adaptable to your own situation and, and figure out what role it's playing in your life. Um, and for me, I think it's overall playing a good role in my life. But, you know, at certain times, you know, like when I'm at work or when I'm trying to write or when I want to just fucking read a story... You know, I, I have to fucking throw it away. But if, you know, I'm like, you know, at lunch or, or you know, like walking down the street or whatever, yeah, maybe I'll, you know, scroll through the feed or whatever. So, I don't know. Anyway. Sure. No, I'm with you, man. Um, but anyway, moving on with the catch-up, uh, I'll go with mine really quick so that Rachel can get to hers because I know she's got some pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, Rachel's got the best catch-up of all of us, and I just took up 25 <laughs> minutes talking about how much I don't like social media. <laughs> it's all right. We're, you know, we're, we go, we'll, we'll go like an hour and a half today or something. It, it, it's all right. I, I'm pretty to the point. Okay, so. okay. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine. Uh, I'll leave you plenty of time. Basically, the the biggest time will be taken up by uh, Matt and I gushing over Gambino for a bit. But Yep, that's ac- that's accurate. <laughs> Uh, but okay, first, save that one. Save that one for last. Yeah, I will. Um, and then I can put in my two cents, and you won't like it. Did you oh, listen boy. to it? Yeah, the whole thing. The whole thing. Okay, fair enough. All right. If you only listen to like eight seconds, I'd be like, you can't talk about Mm-mm. it. I listen to the whole thing. All right, fair enough. Go, go ahead, Jason. All right, we'll get to it. Uh, so I started reading uh, book one of the highly anticipated new project from uh, Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder, uh, AD Yay. After Death. It is fascinating so it's 
like from the very so quick, quick, like like for reals, quick elevator pitch. Yeah, quick elevator pitch. Um, so I haven't finished book one yet, but basically, it's the story of a guy uh, who was essentially entering adulthood just as humanity sort of passed the uh, the point at which they had cured death uh, through one way or another, and that's something that will uh, be explored in the book. Um, but yeah, it's it's the story of this guy. I don't know what's going to happen in it or anything, but what I will say is that from the get-go, from picking it up off the shelf, you'll notice that it's, it's different from anything else on the shelf. It is uh, a larger format than other comic books, so it's taller and wider uh, than other, other comics. It's got a different sort of, uh, uh, fuck, ratio, uh, whatever the hell. Um, sure. And, uh, and it's also, I think, 70 pages long or some shit like that for this one issue nice and so it's it's cool. crazy long it, i think there's only gonna be like four issues and then they'll collect it um but that already right there is you know over well over 200 pages um and uh the art is beautiful it's not like a traditional comic book there are some parts of it that are just pure prose with like one illustration on it um but then there are other parts that are like panels you know fast action or whatever uh but it's all Jeff Lemire's art, which sometimes can be jarring. But like in this book, it's like beautiful watercolors and uh, just really like uh, emotive, you know, very like expressive uh, illustrations. Um, and then, you know, Scott Snyder is a very sort of like, you know, he comes from prose writing. He's he's definitely very prosaic in almost all of his writing. And this kind of allowed him to uh, play into those strengths more than other comic books. And so there are pages where it's just you know just like reading a novel um and so it's 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 a fun like kind of like hybrid experience that's very unique um the the pages like the material on it is really cool the cover uh is actually canvas it's not like regular page it's like painting canvas um and yeah it's like like six or seven bucks or something for this 72 page comic nice yeah oh really yeah oh okay sold i know right it's dope i can't wait till they release like whatever big ass hardcover they're gonna do um but so far it's really good like it's it's very wordy you know and so that's the thing is you get you get a lot of bang for your buck here like it's it's a very like full story um so i'm excited to to read it and i'll I'll keep you guys updated on that um well it probably sounds like we should probably add that to a uh a a review week one of these coming up here soon yeah i think i think once it all wraps up for sure want to read it okay yeah, once it, once it all wraps what up, else? I think it'd be a good time to review it. What else you got? Uh, Catalyst that you brought up uh, before. Um, it is the like I said, prequel to Rogue One. Um, yes. The first, so there's like there's two parts to the story, or maybe there's three parts. I can't remember. All I know is that the first part, which is like the first ten or so chapters, mm-hmm. honestly, pretty fucking forgetful. Uh, like it establishes some characters and stuff, but it goes on way too long about details that for at least for me didn't matter other people might find them interesting but um it was a lot like just basically a ton of setup it felt like just a a very bloated first act uh which is Uh one of the worst things that you could ever do in fiction um agreed especially when it's a book yeah because it's like dude come on you can't waste 10 chapters establishing a fucking status quo like (laughs) give me some action give me some movement um and there was movement, but it was literally, it was all just movement to establish the status quo. And Anyway. Uh, okay. However, past that point, I actually found it very compelling and interesting, and I think it will uh, inform a lot of the 
viewing experience I have for Rogue One, and I think in a positive way. I don't think it's really like overcrowding my enjoyment of it, you know. And I guess I will, you know, have to see if any of that was like spoilery, but I don't. I doubt it is. Um, but essentially, sure. it's about. I'd be, surpri- I'd be surprised if they. I'd be surprised if they spoil stuff in the, in the book ahead of time. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I mean, essentially, it's about it's about Mass Mickelson's character and uh, uh, Mendo Ben Ben Mendelson's character. Um, yeah. you know, the guy who looks like Thrawn. Yep. So it's, it's about those two dudes basically. And like a little bit of Jin and a little bit of, uh, some of the other characters that'll be showing up like, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. Oh, cool. Um, so there's like really cool stuff like that, but basically like once it gets past all the, the prequel nonsense <laughs> and it's not, sure. it's not because it's prequel nonsense. It's just because it's wasting tons of time establishing a status quo, you know? Yes, I got you. So, uh, but overall I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it just I thought the first ten chapters were almost useless. So Yeah, all right, fair enough. Buckle up and then enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> uh and last but not least, uh Donald Glover uh released or Charles Gambino, uh Donald Glover's rapper name, uh he released his new album Awaken My Love. Yeah, he sure did. Holy shit. Uh so you found out about it on Facebook? Yeah, I I saw it on Facebook. It was like it was like Donald Glover's or Charles Gambino's new album is out, and I was like, wait, what? Fuck, shit! And because uh, I thought, like, I saw that one single, uh, the the opening song. I saw that single that he had released a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, cool, he, you know, new single, whatever, and I liked it. Um, but I didn't realize that there was a whole album associated with it. And so, uh, no, yeah. I had no idea, and I found it on every Friday. I go into. Uh uh you know all the albums that got released that day and kind of scroll through and listen to a bunch of them just to see if there's like a new stuff from bands i like or b new stuff from bands i've never heard of or whatever right yeah and i saw his and i I literally saw it and i was like i'm not gonna listen to that because i don't think he's that good of a rapper i never really liked his rap albums uh so i i I literally scrolled right past it and then jenica sent it to me and she's like you should check this out and i was like i really don't want to (laughs) uh I mean, not that I don't care, but it's just like his rap albums just aren't that good. It's just it's nothing. Nothing stands out about his rap stuff. I've that's yeah. ever that ever really struck me as like, whoa, this guy. Whew, I should check this out. I've always enjoyed but him. Put, I've always enjoyed his rap albums, but not in a way that's like, oh, this is really good rap. I've just always found them like you know interesting and funny. And I thought some of his lyrics were, uh, I don't know, were interesting or or funny. But that was just me. Sure, no, but I but I put on that first track and. Uh, there's a there's a long intro on the first track and i was like yeah. all right this is like you know meh i mean whatever it's like this is sort of my thought process is kind of like ah whatever this is a cool kind of sounds i guess it's nothing big i'm sure it's just gonna drop into a standard rap beat and he's gonna start rapping yeah and then he hits you with that that like parliament p-funk like dirty groove yeah and it's just like what and then he starts singing, and it was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? Yeah. I mean, complete transformation to, like, I mean, overnight, instant, like, funk and soul legend. Yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to, like, give him all the blowjobs in the world, but it's it's an amazing album. It really is. I mean, and his his, his vocal range is all over the place. He's, 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 uh... He I, he auto tunes a little bit, but most of it sounds like he's that he's he's, he's singing, and he's singing really well. Yeah, well, a lot of it's um, really really uh, uh, either like either a raw or b in the cases where he uses auto tune, really unique. Like it's not the same type of 
No, it's intentional. Yeah. He, he uses, he affects his voice intentionally for each song. Yeah. Each, I mean, each song is its own different kind of like vibe. Yeah. And sensi- yeah. I mean, there's no real, there's the, the consistency on the album is how, uh, how much variety can he, how much variety of the past 30 years of soul and funk can he dump into an album? I mean, yeah. There's that one track where it's like, it's like you might as well be Prince Incarnate because you are just killing it right now. Yeah. That's that, uh, that was what I thought when I was listening to um uh Redbone. I was listening to that track. Yeah, Redbone. That's what I'm talking yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Redbone. I was like, "Holy shit. Like this is like this is like like a oh, yeah. weird then, like modern like yeah, like Prince vibe." Yeah, and then he's got that the one the one I really like the Baby Boy song where it's like Yeah. Dude is channeling some serious Marvin Gaye right now and he's killing it. Um yeah, super. I, I mean, extremely impressed. I had no idea that that was gonna that was gonna be such a game changer. For, oh yeah. Well, for and I mean, effort. yeah, I, I, yeah. I was listening to that entire album, like waiting for it to you know become just a normal Childish Gambino album. You know, like I was like, oh, okay, cool, like some interesting tracks or whatever. And I was just expecting, you know, I was expecting at some point that it would just you know turn back into just a you know a fucking Childish Gambino rap album. And like like there's almost no rap on it at all. Uh-uh. No, it's all interesting, dynamic, complex songs. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I need to, you know, I haven't, I have, I've just been listening to it. I have to go. I want to go through and find out. Like, did he write all this himself? He must have gotten some, like, he's got some producer to help him on it. But if he didn't, like, this that dude's been holding on to some serious secret, yeah, skill that he just never really like. Like, he's like, no, I mean, it's just like he had this master plan of like, yeah, I'll just show everybody I'm not the greatest rapper in the world, and then I'll just blow them all away by showing i'm actually it's, i i can i can crush it with soul funk stuff well and here's the thing and i i haven't looked into it yet but like i i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have any other producers on it because he's i mean especially at this point in his career you know you can see it with atlanta and you can see it with a lot of the other things he's doing like when he when he first i guess was releasing this album they had like this this weird like uh multiple day music festival up in joshua tree uh, where he was just like playing music to like people in tents and stuff, and like going around and just like doing this stuff, and it was all him. Like nobody else like arranged it, nobody else promoted it. He just decided to do it. Um, and it's the same with Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like he created this show that's a sitcom that's unlike any other sitcom, and a drama that's unlike any other drama, and and you know real and heartfelt in a way that no other TV show is. And then drops this out. You know, like it feels like he's at this point in his career where he's like, all right, like I can do what i want to do and so i'm going to you know i'm I'm going to do whatever the hell i i feel like doing and whatever feels like you know an honest expression of what's inside me um yeah i like it's crazy first of all it's crazy the year he's having right now but it's also crazy the trajectory that his career has taken all the different random stops along the way to get to this point is just like absurd you know what i mean okay so Oh, it's amazing. So, so he produced it, and he had a guy help him produce it, who is uh, Ludwig Göransson, a Swedish composer who did uh, TV music for Community, Happy Endings, and New Girl. <laughs> that's amazing. That's it. That's that's pretty cool, actually. I like that combo. Yeah, and that's the um, thing. Like those those two guys. Like you know, I'm sure it was just like in a room, like two people just like trying to figure out what they think would be like you know, cool or, or unique or things that they want to try, you know, like get creative with. Uh, it's gotten unbelievable reviews. 
Which, okay, and that that right there, I think, is the most impressive part, because his music has notoriously been slammed by critics. Yeah. Like, he's, he's you know, like, there was the whole thing with, like, with Pitchfork, his, uh, his first album, or I think it was his second album, Camp, Pitchfork, like, wrote this insanely scathing review that, like, essentially was supposed to be the end of his rap career. Because <laughs> at the time, like, everybody who would be, you know, a Childish Gambino uh, uh, fan was reading pitchfork you know what i mean like it's and it still is you know a very prominent music website but um yeah i mean oh he had uh he had george clinton write a song with him oh really which song of par- of, par- of parliament uh riot oh that's awesome one song one song he had george clinton on otherwise <laughs> that's all him that's really cool uh, i mean um, there's so much to gush over on that album rachel's got this look in her eyes like shut up you guys what did you think of it rachel uh, I'm falling asleep over here. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, we will unweave our gingery entanglement. It's not bad. I certainly do not hate it. It's. I don't love it, though. And as a whole, I don't love it. But I do like two songs. Ooh. Which two? Uh, Redbone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Obviously. Oh, that's such a good song. Because it is very Prince S. So Prince, yeah. And I love Prince. And the other one I loved was uh, Terrified. Mm hmm. That's I really, really liked that one. But other than that, it was just, it's really long (laughs) songs. (laughs) And I just was like, all right, get to the point. All right, is this going anywhere? (laughs) Nope, it's not going anywhere. It's been like three minutes and nothing's happened. So that could just be my attention deficit. Going Were you looking on. at your phone the whole time? We've been over this earlier in the podcast. Mm-mm. I had it playing on my phone, but I was driving, so I wasn't um, on the phone. <laughs> no, I listened to the whole thing. Well, no, that's fine. And that's- that is all. That is all I ask from anyone is to, if I ever say, "Hey, you should check out this album," just listen to it. I don't care if you like it or not. Yeah. yeah, because that—I mean, you know—if somebody says to me, "You should listen to this album," I will listen to the entire album, whether I like it or not. Yeah, I am a full album listener. Oh, you gotta listen to the album. Yeah, dude, and- uh, I've got this uh, Smash Mouth album that I think you both should listen to end to end. I've I've listened to Smash Mouth, and yeah, I, and I, we've already <laughs> been there, we've already done been that, there, buddy. <laughs> like that, yes, all right, fair enough. There are some exceptions. If you tell me to listen to something that I know for a fact. I will have no interest in. I probably won't listen. Yeah, same here. Yeah, no. And if I'm, you come up and say, "Hey, you should listen to the Smash Mouth album," trust me, it's crazy how different they sound. I'll, I'd consider it. <laughs> but then if they start off the song with like "Dun dun 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 hey now," and then you're like, "Okay, I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. That's yep. exactly it. No. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and and uh, here's the thing: like, uh, kind of like. We were saying before, it's asinine to suggest that there is any type of, of objective way, you know, or, or universal way of thinking about something. And so, you know, while obviously Matt and I are like fucking in love with this album, you know, it's it's like there's there's never anything, especially art, you know, if it's actually good art, there's never going to be any form of art that is that appears good or great to everybody. You know what I mean? No. Um, that, because that's the, the point. The point of art is to create a reaction. Yeah. And that's what it's done. Well, and if, and if something appealed to everybody, then it would never truly resonate with anybody. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, look at Avatar. 
you know, the James Cameron movie. That movie appealed to just about everybody, but like, who gives a fuck about that movie? You know? That movie sucked. <laughs> it did suck. Yeah, like, <laughs> it wasn't that great, and that's that's the thing is like there, you know, although although something whether it's in you know music or comic or or movie or whatever the fuck it is, like although it may be the greatest fucking thing ever, you know, the the Citizen Kane of whatever the fuck it is to to one person. You know, it might as well be Jupiter ascending to another. You know, like it's it's because that's I don't know. Anyway, I have a good segue, and I'm going to say it, but it's we, we can't actually follow it. <laughs> and my segue, my segue is speaking of subjective art. Let's talk about Martian Manhunter. But Rachel has yet to give her ketchup. Yeah. So Rachel, give your ketchup. Well, we can. Uh, we got we can, time. We can. We can. Yes, we have plenty of time. We can see. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we do. No, we're fine on time. Yeah, we really uh, are. We can see. We can, yeah, yeah, no, what you got? I want to hear about it. I heard there was some VR involved. Yeah, I got to test out PlayStation VR. So what'd you play? Um, well, it came with like a demo disc of a whole bunch of games. And are they like actual games or just kind of like put them on and see what happens? Like watch the movie kind of? Um, sort of, but they were very playable. Okay. Which games? And you use the controller. So, you can use the controller, uh-huh. but you have to, like, point it out in front of you, and then the motion moves in the motion that you see. But huh. it works really well if you have the move controllers, those controllers with the little glowy balls. On does, them. It, does it, like, give you representations of hands in front of you and stuff? Yeah, so, specifically, this was my favorite game that I played, and it's actually an Until Dawn game okay it's a but it's a rail shooter so you're on a roller coaster Uh, okay so you're riding this roller coaster okay but it's a horror like haunted carnival there's like ghosts and clowns like zombie clowns jumping out at you (laughs) so okay but what i loved about it is the motion controllers like you can see your hands Uh in front of you but say if i like turn my wrist you know back and forth uh-huh. i could see the gun in my hand turning oh, with that's it cool. that's really cool so in, so when i looked at my hands in the thing mm-hmm. it looked like i had guns so you <laughs> have mo- you have more motion like because it's all around you uh-huh. so if there's actually like a clown zombie behind you you can turn and shoot do you just do, do you stand and play it no, you're on the roller coaster. No, no, I mean like when you're in a Yeah, you do stand. stand so here's the horrible part where I had to make sure that my boss was standing next to me. Because uh-huh. as you're going through the roller coaster, all the turns and dips, uh-huh. your brain makes you think you're on the roller coaster. So your stomach actually drops. Yeah. Like so, you feel fuck. it. And I almost fell over <laughs> but he's like no i'm right next to you don't worry you're not gonna fall over and i'm just like freaking out i'm gonna fall over <laughs> and i'm like trying to shoot everything because it's got targets and then you shoot all the ghosts and clown zombies and stuff i want to play it man that sounds fun it was a blast i had so much fun how was what it about, uh... how was it compared to the void oh good question um we the graphics better way way are way, the graphics way better for like PS4 graphics. For those yes. who don't okay. know, like a year ago, maybe a little less than that, we uh, we went to the Void, which is like a a uh, tactile virtual reality immersive experience. Uh, you can look it up online and see what we're talking about. Anyway, keep going, Rachel. Well, 
Um, I think you can only compare them really graphic wise because the void you can actually walk around the room. Yeah, right. Where with the PlayStation VR, you're just in one spot. Yeah, I guess I just but mean you can turn. So, so that's so that's that's what I was asking about with the controller. So, like, if you play a game that's not like a rail shooter, if you play just like a walking around game, do you have a controller to like move your yeah your character around? Yeah. Okay. Because some of them they but don't use the motion the move motion ones uh-huh. and it is just the normal controller but it still has your still has the motion thing in it oh so that you can look around and then you have a little like so when i, I watched the trailer for the like the x-wing vr game mm-hmm. and it looked like you could look around and there's a reticule that you ha- that you can also independently move around so you can target tie fighters as you can still look around independently of it yeah, with the other one controlling your, your, you know, your, 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 your aft and your steering, basically. Yeah, I, I didn't do that because obviously it wasn't out. But there was a Call of Duty space shooter thing, mm-hmm. and that worked a million times better with the move controllers because you're in space and you can actually target all the other ships. Gotcha. I don't know if the Star Wars one is compatible with both. I don't know. I'm yeah, I crossing know. my fingers. It sounds fun. It's not out yet? I thought the X-Wing one was already out. I think it just came out. Oh, okay. Um, but I do have one more that I want to talk about. Hell yeah. Oh, go. Because yeah, I didn't it. know what it was. And then my boss is like, you should play this one. Get it. What it's it? called Kitchen. Woo! Making so, pancakes. Making bacon pancakes. So I didn't know until I actually woke up in the room that this was the Resident Evil 7 VR oh, demo fuck. that I was playing. Did so did you, is it the same demo that's on PlayStation? Yeah. Oh. It God, was so that's you, a terrifying So you demo. wake up in the room and your hands are tied so you've got to take your controller to the guy and like move your controller against the knife to try to get yourself free but you're just tied in the chair and then there's this crazy lady that like chops off the guy's head and throws his head in the room and all you can do is sit in the chair and just like look around all around you and it was absolutely terrifying i screamed i don't want to do that so bad that sounds like so much fun yeah it was it was a lot of fun but it was completely terrifying and now they've actually just opened it back up just the normal resident evil the new beginnings Mm. demo they opened that up to more Oh, nice. So now that's actually VR compatible. I haven't played that, but my boss did, and he said it was absolutely terrifying. Oh, cool. I'm scared. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) I don't know if I want to play it. Like, I do, but I don't. Oh, I definitely do. That's like... Because I I screamed, like, horribly. That Yeah, that sounds terrifying. And, like, it does make me think of, like, the whole Black Mirror aspect of, like, how far are we going to go with virtual and augmented reality horror? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I think we're going to go. I think it's going to be like, I think it's going to get to a point where people are going to be having, start having medical problems because it's going to be too scary. I agree. Like I, because yeah, I could, I could see that because I almost fell over and then I had a heart attack. So yeah. So like, cause it, cause it shuts off all external sound, right? Yeah. You have headphones in yeah. and then the binocular goggle things yeah. are all blacked out on the sides yeah. so you can't see anything but what's in front of you oh i want to play it that sounds like so much fun it I'm was just, so much fun it's like making Does it just plug right into the playstation yeah or is it like bluetooth no it, it plugs right in oh cool 
it like I, I'm thinking of like just like this future and like augmented you know augmented reality horror of like you know way far in the future where it's just like they're capable of like you know if you're like a parent making your kid like turn into like this weird demonically possessed thing that's going to try to kill you you know and like all this like super haunting stuff that would like leave you traumatized for you know like real real shit like and like not even just like typical horror stuff like just like you know your your fucking like friends come like abandoning you and like shit like that you know what i mean where it's like damn that's like just generally <laughs> terrifying i don't Maybe know like your dad leaves and he never comes home uh well yeah but that already happened so <laughs> i think that happened to all of us <laughs> but yeah I it's just dad was still alive <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn it matt's the only one that can make that joke um <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know, like i don't know just like stuff like that like it's really cool but then at the same time it like terrifies me because i'm just like i'm thinking of myself at like the age of like 50 or 60 and just like going into this crazy virtual reality experience where like my dead friends are coming back alive to eat me and like all of my like the mistakes i've ever made in my life are like coming to bear and all like just crazy shit like that where it's just like legitimately haunting I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I Whoa, think it's you've not got cheap, your own problems there. No, it's not cheap. Holy smokes. Yeah. The only way I was able to play it is because of my very, very nice boss that brought it in <laughs> for us all to try at my office. Your boss is a pretty big gamer, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Huge. He's like, every wow. time Every I time I hear about Rachel playing a game, it's because her boss bought it. Yeah, anytime there's like something cool released, he'll bring in the PlayStation and let us all try it out because he buys every single console, every single game. God damn. It's it's eight hundred dollars. Whoa. Yeah. It's eight hundred bucks, you get the VR goggles, you get the two move controllers, and you get um uh, that bundle game you were talking about. Yeah. Does it come with a PS four? <laughs> no. no. No? What the no okay no i'm sorry 800 bucks and you can't like and it's not even tactile you can't even move around come on it's, it's still fucking awesome i'm sure it's awesome and when you can get you can get google google cardboard for 10 bucks mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, i mean you can even get like you can get like some oculus stuff or like the htc vive for less than that i think i don't know how much is the vive i don't know because the vive is the gold standard um, in in vr like if they could combine the vive with the playstation vr then i think that would be the ultimate sort of VR gaming, because obviously you can't beat the type of game selection that you have on the PlayStation 1, I'm sure. You know what I would I would do? You remember how like you used to go to Blockbuster Video back in the day, or Hollywood Video or whatever, and you could rent a like a Super Nintendo for like a weekend? Yeah. You could actually rent the console? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, see... Like, I remember, I remember a lot of times renting a console from Blockbuster, because my parents wouldn't get one for me, when I was a kid, but they'd rent one every once, like every once in a while, on a weekend, we we could rent a like a, a Sega Genesis and play Sega Genesis for a weekend. Oh, and like three games and like, yeah, that's what I got to do. Anyway, that would be cool. I would totally rent a PlayStation VR for a weekend. Yeah. I'd, oh I'd, yeah. Like I'd I'd pay thirty bucks and rent one for a weekend and just like have a ton of fun with it. And oh yeah, it's so try. much fun. Yeah. I I would love to play the Batman. VR. Yes. Yeah, I bet it's super cool. Yeah. That sounds well, awesome. It looks like there's going to be a lot of cool VR coming up, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it'll and as it transitions into augmented reality and stuff, there's going to be all sorts of really cool stuff. 
Um, yeah, and it's it's also going to get a lot cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, so here's the thing: the the HTC Vive is the same cost as the PlayStation VR. I think that's ridiculous. Um, hmm. And then the mm. Oculus Rift is two hundred dollars less than both of them. I don't know. I like ooh. wow. Uh, the PlayStation mm. VR is a little overpriced, but again, I mean, you know, I think within the next two years or so, we will have that perfect sort of alignment of the Vive and the the PlayStation VR, where it's you know a fully tactile experience where you can move around and and you know be more interactive, but then also with the type of crazy immersive games like uh like the PlayStation One has. Yeah. I, yeah, I I wish I just had loads of cash to <laughs> to buy one. Well, honestly, like it. next time next next time your boss brings it in, just could be a call and be like, "Hey, you should come over for your lunch break." <laughs> I said that to my boyfriend though. I'm like, "We have a shredding emergency, and you need to come help." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just wanted everybody to come and try it because it was so fun. Yeah, it sounds awesome. And I think here's the thing, like I wouldn't necessarily encourage like like for you if you're like considering hmm, maybe I'll spend eight hundred dollars. I wouldn't just because yeah, no. within the next two years there'll be a much better one for four hundred dollars, you know what I mean? Yeah, or, I, I'm or less good. than that. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um Yeah, I'm I'm good. I, I don't need to buy one. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't need to buy one. I mean there was a moment where I was like, Oh man, I want to get one of those. Then I kinda of was thinking, I was like how often am I really going to use it? Yeah, like, I'm not that, an avid gamer. Thought. I like playing games, but I don't think I'm a gamer enough to ever warrant spending more than for a VR headset. I mean, really, Google Cardboard like, <laughs> or, 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 or like yeah. what's the Samsung? Yeah, the gear. They have. The gear is uh, the gear yeah. VR is 200, I think. No, I was, I saw something for like 40 bucks. It was some Samsung thing. Anyway, it was just much cheaper uh, and much more in line with what i'd actually want versus yeah yeah that and i mean so uh uh, i think i think honestly that we're less than a decade away from from having uh like full virtual reality wide release movies like being inside you know sort of the action or whatever rather than observing it which I, i i i'm conflicted about but i think honestly that's a way that like a lot of media is going to go you think I bet they'll release uh, Hardcore Henry on VR? Oh yeah, that'd be a perfect VR movie. That'd be kind of cool. They wouldn't really like. They really wouldn't even have to do much. Like they could just adapt it to be sort of like you know a little more. Um... Well, actually, it was shot like kind of fisheye style, wasn't it? I don't know. They'd have to probably manipulate it a little bit, but yeah, you could you could pull it off. That'd be cool. Actually, yeah. I bought Hardcore Henry on Black Friday for like four bucks. Have you watched it yet? Not yet. I'm looking forward to it though. I am afraid I'd throw up. I could do it. I mean, I could. I I don't have that problem, but I think it'd probably be a lot easier for anybody if they the, there it was a few moments screen. with the VR where I'm like, okay, I'm a little queasy. That's what my buddy was saying. He got pretty queasy, queasy when he used just the like Google Cardboard style. Yeah, I still want to try it. Yeah, the the roller coaster got me. It was like, okay, <laughs> I'm I'm dizzy. I'm I'm gonna puke. I do want to uh, go on one of those roller coasters <laughs> that they put the VR on you. And then you go on the actual roller coaster, so there's like, oh, fuck yeah, that. no, yeah, that sounds like a ton of fun. I saw, I saw <laughs> they were fun. making like an Iron Man one or something, and it looked yeah. super cool. And that that is a segment mm-hmm. where augmented reality is going to be the shit because you can still see the roller coaster in front of you, but then there's going to be stuff you know in sort of your field of vision on top of the things that are actually real. And that's the cool part it of it. Looked it, it it looked absolutely terrifying because it's like <laughs> the roller coaster goes up to the top right, and then as soon as it drops, like. 
shit just starts going crazy like robots are blowing up everywhere and iron man's flying around yeah. and, oh, like yeah. there's hydra bots everywhere and then like you're on the track and you can see the track and then like your car like flies off the track and iron man comes up from below and like 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 catches your tra- catches your car and like flies you the next section of track and stuff yeah and you're on the track the whole time but yeah. in your head it looks like yeah you that, totally that's flying the, yeah the that's air. the thing that got me is like what your head makes you mm-hmm. think is happening because yeah i got dizzy and queasy and i felt my stomach drop yeah and, and i was just standing there i want to try it yeah i um, and that's what that's what's cool to me about augmented reality is like when you can see the real world and then there's stuff on top of it or underneath it or, you know, like where it's interacting, you know, weaving both together. That's where it becomes really interesting to me. Cause it's like, cause then you have to try and figure out what the hell's real and what's not, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Well, that's got Rachel. Uh, that was a good one. I, I did just want to bring up, uh, one game that was got a new trailer yeah. out and I want to bring it up because when I first saw the trailer, I was like, fuck that. I don't want to play that game. It looked kind of weird. And it was because I hate Norman Reedus. <laughs> what? I, I think he is really greasy and gross and I agree. disgusting. I and... wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a weird <laughs> face. He has a really weird face. Any, you're, not winning, you're not winning any fans tonight by saying, A, you don't like Norman Reedus, and B, you don't like Childish Gambino's new album. Well, That's true. so, yeah, I, I really don't. I, but... I agree on the Reedus thing. He's a gross looking human. But, so, they released a new trailer for Death Stranding, which is by uh, Hideo Kojima, who also is responsible for Metal Gear Solid. Yep. And so I see this trailer, and it's, you first see, um, uh, trying to remember how to pronounce his name, and I don't want to destroy it, Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Yep. You got it. You nailed it. You see him. That's the first person you see in the trailer. And then he goes down this tunnel. And then who else do I see is Mass Mickelson. Aww. And I'm just like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> that, yeah, it just wins all the things. And it looks really dark and interesting. And I'm completely sold. And I want it right now. Rachel loved so, Mass Mickelson they- as Kaecilius so much that now he's her favorite actor. And that was the only role that made him... Her, her one love. <laughs> uh, no, it was Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal got me. Yeah. So do, do you know what the game's about at all? I have no idea and I don't care. <laughs> huh. I love things like that. It, it, yeah, like as far as I can tell, story-wise, nothing's really been released yet. But I feel like just from saying that. I feel like just a few months ago, it was like Kojima was like, oh, I'm going to make something with these people. Let's shoot a trailer. And then... They did that, and they're now they're just like, okay, um, so what do we do? <laughs> it's gonna be another five years before it comes out because it's a fucking Kojima game. I'm I'm hoping it's soon, just because um, the Last Guardian was also also released this week, and I've been waiting like eight years for this fucking <laughs> game to come out, and now I don't even care. I don't even want it. So wouldn't, I hope it doesn't get to that point. Wouldn't it be really funny if like he like works on this game for the next five years or so. And by the time he's ready to release it, like he's made it for the PlayStation four. And by the time he's ready to release it, like the PlayStation five comes out. <laughs> well, that's what happened to the last guardian. Oh they shit. Developed really? it for the three mm-hmm. and then they halted it and then they started back up and then they halted it. 
And then they finished it and released it on the four. <sighs> That's funny. And now I, I don't even care. Like maybe if it's like ten bucks, I'll buy it someday. But it looks pretty cool. I but I've been waiting. Yeah, I mean, years. It, it still does look pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like it's yeah. kind of like the notebook. Like when he comes back to you after all this time, you kind of just got to go. Okay, seriously, dude, come on. It's been too long. I I do want to also point out that the trailer for The Last Guardian and the trailer for Final Fantasy XV both came out at the same time. So oh I've boy. actually been waiting the same amount of time for both of these games, and now they're just being released. <laughs> Wasn't the, the Last Guardian was not this summer, but last summer, right? It's been years. Oh. Years. The Guardians I, of Gahul? I, I, PlayStation 3 yeah, is how okay. long I've been waiting. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Hey Rachel, do you want a uh, you know those like the PlayStation Move controllers that have like the gun attached to them? Do you want one of those for the PlayStation Three? Because I have one that I don't have a PlayStation Three for. No. Okay. Well, that that was my other point is that it's a gun? I I yeah. kicked ass on that shooter game because I could move around. Yeah. And I think that's the only way I will ever be good at shooter games. Oh, I'm I'm much better at shooters like when I actually have something in my hand. Like anytime I've played one well, of those like things. Yeah, me too. Because Bioshock, I go straight for the crotch. <laughs> and even Cap's like, didn't you watch South Park? You, you that's not cool. Don't do that. I'm like, I can't help it. That's where the gun goes, and they're dead. That's funny. So it's fine. I do I do crotch yeah, shoot a lot I'm as well. When bad. I play Call of Duty, I crotch shoot a ton. So if you guys could have any VR game, what would it be? Ooh. Um, I'd probably pick the Until Dawn game that I played, the real shooter. No, but like any, if you could have anything getting into a VR game, yeah, what would it, what would any, be? What would be your dream VR game? Any Final Fantasy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> any one of them, I don't care. Um, <laughs> or just you're right, a, v, a VR game in that universe. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally. I so I want to say wanna ride a chocobo. <laughs> 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 I bet that'd be fun. <laughs> I want to say chocobos in VR. There you go. Yes. Breeding all those chocobos. We just check in on Rachel. She's still just standing around fucking <laughs> breeding chocobos. Rachel, yep. Rachel, what are you doing? Just literally just standing there motionless. I'm breeding chocobos. I've <laughs> been doing this for a few years. I've been doing this for yeah. 25 years. <laughs> oh, it's like that episode of Teen Titans where like all the Titans are gone and Cyborg's just been like sitting deactivated in the Titans Tower for all this time. And Starfire's like, anyway, you guys didn't watch it. I don't care. Yeah, that sounds way more sad. Yeah, it's really sad. I'd be happy on a farm. It's like one of the best. It's one of the best twenty minutes of animation that's ever been done. It's uh, it's a Teen Titans episode. I can't remember what it is, but Doctor Light sends Starfire into the future, and the whole team split apart, and everyone's all depressed. And it turns out Starfire was the key to all their friendship. Anyway, that's enough about oh. that. <sighs> it was a really good episode. It made me cry. Shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I were to choose, if I were to choose a VR thing, I'd say either. Uh, like a full-blown Batman VR where I get to like have a full Batcave and a full Gotham City and a full Wayne Manor and all the Batmobiles and all the villains and all that shit. Like, that'd be fucking sick. Uh, or a full-blown Star Wars VR game. Like, like uh, you know, like, like I, don't, I wouldn't even have to be a Jedi. I could just be a guy, just drop me in the Star Wars universe, you know, in the middle of the fucking uh, rebellion or something, and I'm just on any fucking planet, and if I want to, I can figure out how to get to where all the action's happening on, you know, fucking, you know, Yavin or, or Endor or whatever. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, just be a guy in that universe and, and figure out what the fuck you want to do. 
Wouldn't that be funny if they were like you could play it? You could so you can play a Star Wars game, but you're going to be randomly placed on a planet, and um, you have to you have to literally like you know do a sequence of long. Like it takes a while to get off your planet to then get to other planets, you know. So it's yeah. like kind of like a long slow burn. I think that'd be incredible. But since they, since they, but since they randomly put you on planets and you don't have a choice, and then, and it's like a, it's like a one off, right? Like it's yeah. like a, you pay one fee, you get to play one game, you're for your for, and then you can't ever play again, and you're like, oh, this is so <laughs> worth it. It's gonna be so awesome. And you like wake up and you're on Alderaan and you're just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, and then okay, that that's funny. That's funny as fuck. Uh, <laughs> you literally mine, wake up and you're one be... of the billions of voices suddenly crying out. Yeah, you like wake up and you're like, "What is that in the sky?" Oh man. <laughs> um, but like, no, mine, mine. I, I I would also put Star Wars, but I think over Star Wars, I would put like a dinosaur. Uh, no, a dinosaur game would be like a Jurassic World type game. That'd be cool, but no, I think if I if I could do any, I would pick a uh, Alien. Really? That would be terrifying. Yeah, seriously, so awesome. I'd be so scared. Alien, I, Alien is st- still like, I think Alien is easily one of my top three favorite movies. Same here. It's so good. Still haven't watched it. Just kidding. Uh, you still haven't watched the first Alien? Don't worry about Ugh. it. Uh, so no, I'm very worried about it. I've seen. I am too. I've. I know I've seen it like in its entirety over bits and pieces, but I've never actually sat down and watched Alien. Uh, Sit down and watch it. I know. I, Seriously, you guys hate me. Uh, the, here, like, and Aliens. <laughs> and Aliens, which was not directed by Joss Whedon. Um, but it was. It was, <laughs> nope. however. It didn't it was directed by James Cameron and had a script treatment by Joss Whedon, wasn't that it? Yeah, something like something. that. Okay. I don't know. It's uh let's keep our train let's start keep our train moving here. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. really quick, do you guys remember that like that, that MMO Star Wars game from like the early days of MMOs, like the same time as Warcraft? It was like Star Star Wars yeah. Galaxies or something? Yes, oh, Galaxies, yeah. yes. I'm talking like a super ambitious version of that where you just have to like figure out a way to make money to get a fucking starship and then take that starship and, and go wherever the fuck you want to go. You know, like if you want to be in the action or if you want to fucking kill job of the hut or whatever, you know, whatever the fuck you want to do, like, but you just have to nope, build from I'm the totally, ground up. Anyway, totally with you, man. That'd be super awesome. I'm fantasizing about it. I, I, I would, I would love to play a big rich star Wars RPG style game. Yeah. Um, where you could go to multiple, what could you go to all sorts of different planets? Fuck. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be so sick. I mean, ah, I, anyway, or you could just like be a droid builder, just fucking build droids the whole time. I don't know. Anyway, that almost gets that almost goes on tangent for me, but we gotta get we gotta we gotta train a move in here. Yeah, we could we could do a whole separate thing about that. Anyway, uh, so our main topic today uh, is Martian Manhunter by Rob Williams. We're getting back into our sort of uh, you know reviewing things uh, kick, which uh, reminds me that obviously we're obviously we're a little rusty, a little rusty. <laughs> uh took us a little while to get there <laughs> a just a bit <laughs> just a little while um i do want to bring up really quick that we will be uh reviewing so i haven't finished season one of westworld yet rachel and matt both have uh but in january probably like the first week of january we will be uh discussing not only the first entire season of westworld but also the original westworld movie uh mm-hmm. and uh and going full full westy to give everyone time to catch up on it uh but then also still be relevant we might even watch the sequel to westworld future world oh dude i want to watch future world actually i was at harmontown yesterday and they talked about it anyway uh so 
Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter, uh, released in 2015, mm-hmm. written by Rob Williams, uh, with art by Eddie Barrows and uh, what the f- what was the uh, other artist's name? I'm blanking now. I think it's uh, I'll I'll look it up while no we're talking idea. about um, the second artist. Actually, yeah. I really liked, but mm. um, okay. Anyway, uh, so yeah, this I I pitched this book, uh, and just to give kind of a, a brief introduction here, I obviously for longtime listeners and really any listeners know that I'm a huge DC fan, and any chance I get, I try to uh, find some DC stuff that that people might like, but I try to go a little bit off the beaten path of like tons of Batman or Superman stories or whatever. Um, and I'd heard really good things about Martian Manhunter and I respect Rob Williams as a writer. I think he's a, a, you know, a good writer and Eddie Barrows is a great artist. So I was like, you know what? This is a perfect storm. This is a time where like, you know, all three of us can read a book having not read it before. You know, I didn't read any of it or I read the first issue. I think Rachel also read the first issue. Um, yes. And, and then just kind of give us an opportunity, all of us to come at something completely fresh uh, that's not necessarily in the uh, the spotlight as much as other books. So that's why I pitched it. Okay. Nope. I think you pitched a good choice, though. So I think that's a good choice to try something a little off the beaten path. That was wise. So, uh, and did you, so all three of us then read the sneak peek as well as issues one through 12? Right. Okay. Rachel, you too? Oh, yeah. I was just looking at the other artist oh, okay uh ben oliver ben oliver not simon oliver he I, I actually really liked him a lot um but tell me some of your initial thoughts on the book and we're i know that there's definitely some conflicting opinions about it so we'll uh we'll get into yeah, rachel what do you think about this book <laughs> i did not love it uh yeah <laughs> so let's we'll do a we'll do a non-spoiler uh, uh summary first and then we'll kind of get into it a bit um Okay. So tell me, tell me what what it was about it for you, Rachel, that uh, that you didn't like, and maybe some things you also liked as well, or if there was anything. Um, I'll start out with what I did like, and it was mainly I did like pieces of the story. It did have interesting pieces, uh-huh. which is my main problem with it. <laughs> as a, as a whole, it was not fun, not very interesting. It was really, really, really hard to get through. And some of it was just really cheesy. Like, mm. ugh. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did make it through it. But yeah, I, I just didn't love it. Okay. How about you, Jay? Uh, so I I have mixed feelings on it as well. Um. Martian Manhunter is a character that I've always enjoyed uh, in a lot of different runs, like Justice League International, which is worth reading for anybody. Um, but uh, I felt like the first three issues raised a lot of questions without providing any answers, really. And I think that if you go any longer than the first two issues without actually starting to answer any of them, even if it's just small ones, uh, then you risk creating a story where you know there's too many questions to even you know, for anybody to be necessarily that interested in wanting the answers. Um, exactly. What, what, what's, where's the appeal if it takes too long to figure out what's going on? Exactly. Yeah. I, There's no, uh, yeah, keep going. Sorry. I, no, you're fine. I, like I, especially in, you know, over the last year or so, I've fucking torn apart and, and read through like every fucking book on comic book writing that's ever been written especially like alan moore's and and brian bendis's and uh denny o'neill's um 
and that's one of the things that I've kind of learned, and I and I've just learned it from observing my own reading habits. Is like if you go any longer than two issues at the most, without actually, you know, without actually giving the reader a reward for sticking with all of the unknown, then all you're doing is creating disinterest and, and a little bit of resentment, you know, especially because it's like okay, they've kept up with the story now for three months, you know, give you know, paid for three separate issues of the book, and still have no fucking idea what's going on. You know, it's it's a little bit of a disservice, and and you know, uh, anyway, it's like it's one of those things where, as I was reading it, especially since they had a you know a ten page head start, they had that sneak peek to start their story, and so they, they yeah. had an extra ten pages of real estate in those three issues that normally nobody has, and they still you know were were just presenting questions and you know giving things that were like what the fuck is this? Who knows? I don't know. Maybe we'll figure it out. Um, Yep. <laughs> exactly that was exactly i am completely on board with you with that so that was frustrating uh and th- that was the the main sort of big thing that i didn't like i have a lot of other nitpicky things but that right there was something that really just struck me as as odd because i think you know it, it's best done when you can at least present a lot of questions but slowly answer some of them with every passing issue so that it feels like there's progress um mm-hmm Anyway, uh, but then I, you know, to, to uh, one of Rachel's points, I thought that there were a lot of very interesting ideas uh, in this 12-issue run um, about a lot of different things, and, and we'll get into that. But I, I, I did think that there were very, um, there were a lot of interesting questions uh, and eventually answers that were brought up in there. Um, I thought some of the characters, uh, one in particular, at least to start, uh, I found really amusing. Um and there were, you know, there were bits and pieces, and then the art I thought was sixty uh, percent really, really good, and then forty percent quite subpar. Um, and it's it's very interesting. Anyway, we can we can get into a lot of that, but um, but yeah, that was that was my kind of summary. Is I I enjoyed it, uh, but I was I did feel like uh, there was a lot of missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. What about you, yes. Matt? Um. I didn't particularly care for it at all. Uh, I, I I really did did not like the the lack of information. Uh, I thought that story was quite jumbled, and they were seemingly throwing characters in there that never had a payoff. You know, so this is going back to uh, different podcasts. But yes, you know, uh, we were talking about Chekhov's gun on our other podcast. Chekhov's gun is the idea that when you introduce something in the first act it, you pay off in the third act with that with 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 with, with whatever that is yeah um and the, and in the sense of a of a comic book like this uh in the first act you are interest, introduced to the justice league more or less and they never show up again yeah in fact the the, the only thing that shows up again is a cameo by aquaman and then a a, a, a another like meaningless cameo by the dark justice uh yeah justice league dark or well some of them yeah justice league yeah Yeah, sure so and dr fate yeah so i thought that was kind of like okay there was no that that that, nope nope no no payoff there yeah they did absolutely nothing they really did absolutely nothing and then uh the idea that you're gonna have i'm gonna go we're we're i think we're deep enough i'm just gonna go diving into plot points that that i think I want to be able to describe. I'm not just going to say I didn't like it. I want to be able to describe why. All right. So now, spoiler alert! That, if you want to, uh, if you want to read it, the, we're getting into spoilers. But yeah, go on. But I'm not going to spoil too much. I mean, just the general idea of like, I guess this, the, I guess spoiler alert in the sense of like, you will have to read four issues before 
this makes sense, which is kind of dumb in the first place. But yeah. you know, so his pers- the John's personality gets split amongst four different people across the world, and um, there's not th- th- their individual stories are were not compelling to me, and so. Where's my interest in the fact that all four of these are actually all one entity, which then turns into like an amalgam of the entire Martian entity, and that all Mars is all Mars is we are one because all of all is one, and we are you know all for one and one for all type whatever the hell's going on there, and then it just felt highly convoluted and and uh, and and absolutely jumbled. Because um, there was a moment when I first started reading, and I was like, oh shit, I think this is going to be pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it that first issue starts off hot. I mean, it's like okay, this is cool. Uh, there's some cool space stuff going on. There's a little bit of like, give me some intrigue. I'm yeah. all for intrigue. Um, and then it just broad shoulders you with, uh, oh, oh, here's a character. It's a woman. She's in uh, Dubai. Dubai, and nothing relates to the main story at all. And so, I, even in a little, uh, and there's no. There's no there's no compelling story in that, and then I and then there's the character the biscuit guy whatever his name is Mr. Biscuit. Biscuits Mr. Biscuit like just a hacky dumb joke character that like had a lot of potential to be this kind of cool creepy weird thing that's going on it's just like like alien creature that lives on Earth and like has kids do its bidding like weird Charles Dickens type character kind of thing or um, yeah. Uh, but they just turn them into this hacky. I like Adam Sandler movies and Paul Blart movies, and I I make dumb biscuit jokes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, like you, you real missed opportunity there. You had this. And he's and he he's drawn. He's very cool looking. Yeah, um, yeah. He looks like he, he was like cool. came out of the Moss Eisley Cantina. Totally, he's super cool looking, uh, and then just dumb, just dumb. Yeah, not there, funny. There was. A moment where I'm like, okay, I don't like this character. And then I did have a small, brief window where I'm like, eh, Mr. Biscuits isn't so bad. And then it was back to, ugh, I hate Mr. Biscuit. <laughs> He's the most <laughs> annoying character. <laughs> that was bad. I, so I, I enjoyed Mr. So, so, go ahead. Well, so just, you know, continuing on. So, and I did not particularly care for the art. I, I think my ratio on good to bad art would be 20% good, 80% bad. Oh wow! Um, 80% bad with 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 some pretty cool creature design, um, and some cool stuff here and there, but mostly, yeah. But the thing that I think that took me the most out of the book and made me roll my eyes the hardest was at the end of issue. I think it was eight or nine. Uh, for some reason, they decide to get in these giant robots, and it's one robot towering over to the Martian city, facing the other robot, and the robot says, "Today." You and your coward army shall face judgment and death via giant Martian mech warrior battle. <laughs> and that is the dumbest thing. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's beyond exposition into the realm of just super dumb line. Like, yeah. like yeah. could you get could you get less creative with your yeah, dialogue? There's there, so much that's kind of mashed together that just does not need to be there and I that think doesn't that was, make sense I, I think that was it it was just an, it was just like smash it all together because there are some good ideas i like I, the there's an amazing story in there yeah i like that he split himself yeah 
totally. pieces of himself. It's essentially that's really cool. Yeah, it's like this weird Voldemort thing, and there's essentially like this. There's this part of it where it's talking. You know, essentially the meaning of the story is talking about like letting go of the past and like moving on from your former demons, and and it's kind of using like this weird like dissociative personality as a way of looking at that. You know, um, or like well, being like, different things. Even, to different, yeah, go ahead. Well, uh, there's just so much I have wrong <laughs> i know i i, I really because i i really i started strong for me and i was i was really into it that first issue and i and then i got to issue three and then i texted you and i was like i don't understand what the hell's going on and you're like no no, no keep going and read the intro and i was like okay i'll do that and then nah man i just you know i, I strongly feel like there there absolutely is a there there is a story in there that's worth reading and he did not tell that story yeah well because it it there's so much that's jumbled and mashed together that it doesn't make sense. And as you're going along, you're like, oh, okay. And then something else happens where it's just completely changed the story. Mm-hmm. And now you have no idea what's going on again. Yeah. And there's an expectation that you, as the reader, should just be like, just say yes. Yeah. And I don't think the reader should say yes. The reader should say, tell me, you know, the reader should be engaged and not just be being told what to experience. And Yeah. I... So I think there are two well there there I think are three uh problems in this series that that are the most glaring to me. Um A is exposition. Mm-hmm. Especially like like yeah. there were, you know, it was a consistent problem across the whole thing, but then in those last few issues it was insanely exposition heavy. Um yeah. Oh, yeah. B the tone like, because there, there were so many moments, like, you know, that giant mech warrior moment with that dialogue. It's a moment where, for me, it read as him trying to be very, like, tongue-in-cheek and, like, have fun with it. Like, oh, yeah, it's a giant robot battle, you know, and, like, kind of laugh about it. But that wasn't the tone of the book. And I feel like there are, there are a lot of these things mixed in there that are, like, this very, you know, campy, self-effacing uh, uh, humor. But then it's interwoven in this story that's very much not that, you know. It's very much a story of you know of war and invasion exactly and it's like and you're and and i mean you know it's kind of like you drop this mr biscuit character and it's like are you trying to play this guy as like kind of a kind of a weird creep who's like slightly obsessive about this one thing but well has deeper personality or are you trying to express this guy as like a deadpool character who's like waka 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 i watched paul blart mall cop and I will say I will say one thing because Matt Matt might not know where that the origin of Mr. Biscuits come from and a lot of people might not but so that character didn't exist before however uh, this weird thing that got established with Martian Manhunter is that uh, to him like cookies and and biscuits are essentially like crack um, and it's this thing w- and th- with Martian Manhunter that's been around for a long time where like he literally is like addicted to to cookies and biscuits. Um, yeah, you you told me that before I went into the reading this. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I w- I was aware of that, but but I I feel it's just, like it's maybe they should have still put that in there. Yeah, because for a new reader, you read because that and you if, go, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, a new reader, you're like, "What the fuck is this, Mister Biscuits guy?" Yeah. yeah. But once you know that, it does make a little more sense since he is a splice of his personality. Exactly. Sure. And I it's his subconscious, but uh, well, it's like it's like you know Doctor Strange where he like. You know, in, in running into battle, he you know yells by the hoary hosts of Hogoth, you know yeah. all that kind of stuff. And Mister Biscuits like uh, 
by the well-made uh, tailored biscuit of uh, wheat. And it's just, it's dumb. Yeah. It's just, that's dumb. <laughs> like, that, yeah. That's not like a clever, funny little like, ooh, funny biscuit thing. It's like, no, that's just, it's pretty just, pretty much just dumb. Yeah, yeah. a lot of those jokes were very, very, like, not well thought out. <laughs> yeah. Um, nope, not at a, all. A lot of them I will say, were just like... Ugh, I did find him amusing. Uh, I, I definitely up front, like when he first showed up, I found him very amusing and I had a smile on my face reading him. The further it went on, sure. you know, the more I was like, okay, this is getting a little overdone. Um, well, I, not, I, no I, pun intended. I, I, was glad, I, I was glad when they killed him. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Do you guys like my well, overdone yeah, joke? When he's first introduced, yeah. um, you think he's going to be a very creepy sort of maybe villainous character yeah absolutely they they really they they they, they drop that character in as like ooh, now this guy's gonna be cool and then two issues later like i am so sick of this guy <laughs> yeah and he's not really serving any purpose like he he's basically there to be like slapstick humor which wasn't funny and yeah. to befriend this girl who like somehow ends up on some alternate universe Mars in the future where she's an adult leading the army. Like, I was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? Yeah, I, so, I think the other big glaring weakness of this series is its lack of, of fleshed out characters. Um, of all of the characters shown, I think that Alicia, the little girl, um, you know, and maybe uh, Daryl, the detective, maybe, were the only ones that really had much depth to them. You know, I found Alicia's story pretty uh, uh, gripping. You know, I think I think that she was, like, sort of the highlight of it character-wise. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, she was the only one that felt developed. The other ones were very throwaway. I don't yeah. know about these characters, so I don't care. And even Jean, like, Jean himself, I mean, the series is about him and and it's a and not only is it about him but it's about this basically entire craziness like he with his own fucking mind summoned up you know an entire fake world from the past full of martians invading the earth and so like it's about his mind but we still somehow don't still, really learn anything about him yeah and no, it, totally. it's not explained no, very at well at all. all yeah like he's this weapon okay and it sort of like tries to explain how this came to be, but it still is, it doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. I think like I still couldn't tell you how any of this happened. <laughs> yeah, I think here's what I think here's what happened. I think that you know Rob Williams had a really cool idea where he's you know he's like oh you know holy shit like what if you know Jean is like suffering you know from like this ascent like he can't let go of of the past he can't let go of his home. And with how powerful his mind is, like he, he, you know, he summons up this whole thing and divides himself out into different personalities. And he's got this whole like crazy complex and it almost like schizophrenia in his own head where like there's these imaginary fucking villains coming to get him, you know. And and so to do that, he like splits himself into all these different personalities as a defense and stuff. And it's like a really cool idea. But then he had a hard time articulating it in a story, you know, because it's one thing to articulate an idea like just talking about that idea. But to actually articulate it in a story where if somebody read it, they would understand that idea and it would actually carry emotional yeah. weight uh, yeah, is a different a, thing. Yeah, amazing idea, just really poorly executed. Yeah. And granted, like I, with an idea like that, I, I have no fucking clue how I would articulate it in a story. I think you, 
my my take would be pick a tone and stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. And drop two or three of these subplots and drop a large chunk of the characters. Yeah. Well, uh, simplify simplify it. You can have ex- like external characters from time to time and if you want to like have a Superman cameo cuz you feel like that's important, great. Have it have it be there for for a reason, have it pay off or something. Yeah. Just clean just just basically just clean it up, clean up, clean a lot of the clutter up because the clutter was what sort of bogged the entire story down. Yeah. Yeah, cuz I got so excited when I saw Constantine and Zatanna and Dr. Fate. Oh, yeah. Well, and especially and... because at the time when this is coming out, Constantine and Dr. Fate are like in the middle of their ongoing series that are like the best they've ever had almost, you know? Yeah, exactly. That that Dr. Fate series, I love. It's really cool. <laughs> really fucking and, cool. Yeah. So, so I was really excited and they're there for a page and that's it. Then they're gone. Yeah. You never see them ever again. Yeah, and that that like and that part too. Like it didn't even it didn't even it was weird. It like didn't even pay off. Like they make that shield around the earth or whatever, but then like that's the last you see him and yeah. this, the shield is never referenced. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's never re- talked about ever again. So you're like, "Well, what the fuck did they do?" Yeah. Like I I had to actually go back cuz I was like, "Wait a minute. What why what did they even do? I I don't understand." Yeah, it felt like he was trying like with with those sort of three um moments where you know he sort of like brought in other characters it felt like he was trying to root this story you know in the contemporary dc universe by doing that but it just like it didn't really make sense you know no yeah um i i did like when um the dubai girl personality i think she's the heart the pearl kisses aquaman oh yeah she is the heart yeah yeah oh yeah that was funny actually i enjoyed that i i I did actually like that moment a lot that was really the only moment where i was like that was funny yeah well and especially like his reaction to it because he like he obviously knows that yeah, she's martian manhunter he and he's like uh. he, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was pretty good so yeah so that that was a really excellent moment but that was about it yeah yep. um i will say i mean i think wanna- i enjoyed the story but uh not from a sense that like like a I don't think I will ever go back and read it, um, but I think that the ideas there were really interesting, and I think it was an interesting look at this character of a what he's capable of, b what the sort of like torment that he has going on is of like you know these ghosts from the past and the ability that he has to totally like you know like shift his entire state of being in response to trauma, I think is really cool. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, story-wise, I think it was uh, not necessarily uh, very well uh, executed. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, uh, rate it? Want to rate it? Yeah, let's rate it. And then uh, did you guys prepare if if you enjoyed this or like the idea of this, uh, what to read next? Sure. Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, let's... <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you some time. Uh, no, it's fine. Drop some ratings. What do you got? What do you think? My rating. Uh, I'll say two and a half out of five uh, biscuits. Uh, I'm gonna give it one out of four personalities. Ooh, nice. Mm, on a scale of one to ten, I give it an F 
<laughs> that's appropriate for this book. Because um, that's how I feel. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, yeah. If you like this... To, so, oh, go ahead. If you like this, if you like this, I would I would recommend if you like stuff about Mars, I would recommend going back and getting in the Wayback Machine and reading Edgar Rice Burroughs' Princess of Mars books. There's eleven of them. They did make them in a comic form. You can find them on Comicsology. Um, yes, it's a different, very different Mars, but there's Martians, and uh, it's a cool story. Dope about yes. Mars. I highly recommend it. People from Earth going to Mars. So there you go. Um, You could watch the Disney movie too, but it's not as good. (laughs) Read the books. Yeah, read the books. Uh, For me, I think so. If you if you like stories that that like this one attempted to do, um, present a very very interesting analysis of a character trying to uh, deal with their own sort of trauma and life and and with being different uh, on Earth. Um, then I would recommend The Vision by Tom King. Uh, there's a lot of similar themes. Uh, you know, much like uh, Jean creates, you know, all these different facets of his personality, The Vision creates a, a family for himself uh, to try and kind of root himself in a sort of normal life after uh, being at the brink of the Earth's destruction time and time again. Um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good suggestion there, Jason. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's one of my favorite series by arguably my favorite writer. Uh, you know, I could never stop gushing about Tom King. Um, but it's just a fantastic series. Uh, uh, you know, it's got all of the, you know, Bradbury-esque, uh, you know, Philip K. Dick, awesome sci-fi stuff that, that you, you grow to love, and it's beautifully haunting. Um, Yep, and I will also say that Eddie Barrows, the artist who uh, was on most of this book, uh, went on to do Detective Comics after this. Uh, and actually, like I feel like his art keeps getting better, and his art in Detective Comics is pretty phenomenal. Hmm. Cool. So anyway, that's mine. Rich, um, I'm just gonna bring this up because you know space dimension wise. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, that's why I chose Mars. I'm gonna bring up Trillium hey. by Jeff Lemire. Art also by Jeff Lemire. Um, Jeff, 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 Jeff <laughs> Lemire. He, he's one of my favorite people of all time. He's great. But so this goes along the lines of you don't know what's happening as as it's going on, but it does give you answers piece by piece how this, how Martian Manhunter should have gone. Yeah. And I just absolutely loved it. I blew through it. It's uh, this girl. She's a scientist. And there's a disease that's wiping out the humans. It's called the call. And they think the flower trillium is the cure for it. So she goes to this temple to get the flower because there's Martians guarding the flower and what happens is she switches time and dimensions. Like, it starts off time-wise, and she meets a guy, and he's from, like, 1921. Oh, wow. And she's from, like, the year 3000. So they meet up, but then somehow they get thrown into each other's lives. Like, she's now living his life, and he's living her life. And how the panels go, it's actually quite interesting because her panels are upright, his are upside down because they're different dimensions. (laughs) 
So you have to read it one way and then flip it and read it the other way. And yeah, it's just an absolutely interesting sci-fi love story. Oh, that's that cool. Yeah. Ends just incredible. Nice. I will uh I will piggyback on that really quick because Trillium it's a series that I actually still haven't read. I I've been interested in No piggybacking allowed. Well, I'm not like I'm not trying to piggyback like, you know, fucking one up or anything. I just the Trillium as a book has has always actually fascinated me. Um and that's why I put it in the library. I'm glad Rachel read it before I ever got the chance to cuz lord knows I'd let things just like sit in a pile forever. Um <laughs> sure. but I uh, as as one does. As one does. Um but it's it's really cool because first of all it, it's like a really underrated book because it was released by Vertigo at a time where like nothing Vertigo was putting out was any good. It was after like the Warren Ellis, Grant Morrison, Neil Gaiman sort of phase of Vertigo and before this new resurgence they're having. Um, and so it got overlooked by a lot of people. Not only that, but then Jeff Lemire's art tends to be really polarizing. Um, you know, some people hate it and some people love it. I think it's really expressive, but it's also very, you know, unconventional. Um, yeah, it, it's not the prettiest thing to look at. But no. The colors I, are, I though. felt it definitely... Yeah, the colors are awesome, and I feel like it definitely fit with the story. Yeah. And they also, what's interesting too is that they uh, intentionally, Jeff Lemire had them print it on um, like conventional old uh, like newsprint paper that most comics used to come in, right? Um, And the reason he did that is he wanted it to feel kind of like, you know, one of those crazy sci-fi pulpy uh, comic stories that used to come out where it was like just super in your face, you know, interdimensional, all that kind of shit. Yeah. and so it is a comic that's actually worth, I think, buying in print because those, like the watercolors and all that stuff, and and just the the weird sci-fi aspect of it, um, I think oh, yeah. fits really well with that. Yeah, I I definitely recommend buying it just because you have to flip it so much. <laughs> Doing that on an iPad's hard, I'm sure. Doing that on the iPad was the worst experience ever, but I still went <laughs> through it because the story is incredible. But yeah, definitely, I would love to reread it again and actually have a paper copy that i can flip because a lot of it is all upside down yeah so and i will say really really interesting yeah it it seems like it like just the elevator pitch for it and obviously hearing you talk about it's awesome it like it's that definitely put it higher up on my to read list um and uh, like jeff lemire is a writer i think you know one of the biggest reasons why why rachel loves him so much and and matt and i I think are also pretty big fans of him is that he's never a writer that a presents questions without answers. B has flat characters, or C, you know, ham fists a bunch of expository dialogue. I think he's, you know, very efficient and 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 really good at at what he does. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, where can they find us on uh, social media? That would be uh, Savage Land Podcast on uh, uh, Facebook and Instagram, and Savage Land Pod on Twitter. I will not see you there. I have abandoned <laughs> all hope of ye internets. Um, well, you're still Matt is still no, posting twice kidding. a week I, on I, Instagram, I, though. I I I I will continue to be active uh, for the podcast, just not personally. Um, yeah. Uh, and you can also email us at southlandpodcast uh, dot com, and you can really add whatever you want to the beginning of that. Doesn't matter. It'll get to us. Hell yeah. Um, you can call Matt's our, a curmudgeon. At, you can call Matt's a <laughs> Matt's a Matt's a poopy pants at uh, <laughs> Uh You can c- give us a call. Our phone number is 
413 Savage 4. Yep. And uh, leave a message for us. You know, one of these days, if someone calls it, we'll put you on the podcast. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's yep. a fucking guarantee, unless you like it is say something really offensive. If it's racist, we won't put it on. But if yeah. it's funny, we will. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll 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 pick a new podcast to. Or sorry, we'll pick a new uh, comic to review. Sounds like we've got a bunch of trailers coming up. So maybe in a couple of weeks we'll do a, we'll do a big trailer drop like we uh, like we did. On our to first episode, yeah, get, yeah. get all the uh, way back, Savage Land Rebirth. Yep, and then uh, <laughs> uh, whose whose uh, turn is it to pick the book this time? Um, either one of us. We could Rochambeau for it or something. Okay, yeah. And our new approach, just so the listeners know, our new approach is one of us picks the book and we all read it. Um, yeah, that no way, more, no more, uh, no more, no more, uh, no more voting. Yeah, no more because no. I mean, with three people, it tends to to lean one way. Uh, uh fairly frequently and it's like for me i want to like i want to read the shit that matt or rachel are super excited about you know i because i feel like sometimes it's also like it's i don't know it becomes a little muddied because then any book that gets picked is like the one that all of you know the the majority of us would be more inclined to read rather than you know the strong opinion of one person no, and you know, and and we're not going to follow any sort of pattern. If we do DC four weeks in a row, we're doing DC four weeks in a row. It doesn't matter. We're just going to start. We're just going to pick, pick good stuff. And you know, I mean, obviously, we're probably not going to. That's not going to happen. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. <laughs> yeah. Rotate rotating around, rotating around. But yeah, the options. If, there. if you have any so, recommendations as well for books you'd like us uh, to review sometime, feel free to call in four one three Savage Four and make your pitch for us to review it. That is the only way that we will accept them. Yes, agreed. If you, the only <laughs> yeah. way we accept reviews is if you call us and, and tell us, and 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 guaranteed we will read it and we will talk about it. Yep, call uh, in and make and a pitch. And if it's and if it's Martian Manhunter, uh, well, we didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, please do. We'd we'd love to hear some uh, some listener pitches, and you will get on the show, and we will read and review it. Uh, but upcoming, we've got our our Westworld episode. Uh, we've got the comic that either Matt or Rachel will pick. Uh, and then, yep. like Matt said, and we've then, probably got a trailer park. Yep. And we, uh, on top of all that, we'll have an episode of all of us crying about Rogue One. So there you go. Yep. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>